What's up, everybody? Fred Rachani, TSC, your home for in-depth sports interviews and news updates. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. On this week's episode of the Sports Square Podcast, I interview former NFL linebacker, a man who's been an American Ninja Warrior, and someone that is now a true entrepreneur and inspirational speaker to all, Anthony Trucks. He's someone that at the age of three was given away by his mother to foster care, stayed in foster care until the age of 14, and the road was not easy for him. But... He motivated himself, he pushed himself into the heralded football program of the University of Oregon, later had a career in the NFL playing for the Buccaneers, Washington, and the Steelers, but unfortunately, his NFL career was cut short due to injuries. And he is now an entrepreneur and somebody that is inspiring people each and every single day. So if you want to take anything out of this interview, I'd recommend the one word of the day, and that is what best describes Anthony Trucks, resilience. Anthony, how's it going? I'm going well. I'm doing well, man. I got to have you like uh, hang out with me and introduce me when I walk into rooms. You're so excited and it sounds amazing. Hey, I I, I do what I can. So Anthony, I'd love to chat with you about everything you've got going on and and, and everything else. But for any football fans that that may remember you in your playing days, uh, what can you tell us that you've been doing uh, since your playing days? Give us a a little nutshell uh, before we dive right in. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. When I got done, I came home. uh, I opened a gym because my degree's in kinesiology. And then I realized that uh, I have a unique backstory that people enjoy listening to. So I transitioned out of the gym and now I speak. So I travel the world and I teach people how to uh, how to make the shift to build a better life. And the shift is an identity shift to build a better life personally, professionally and physically. And, And that's great. Now, I would imagine, though, when your playing days were over, it was pretty damn tough. And I'd, I'd imagine any athlete, whether they retire on their own volition or, or due to injury like you did, you go through maybe a little bit of a, a depression or, or some type of spell where it's like, man, like, you know, I wish I could have done more. Or, you know, why do I have to hang up the, the cleats? Yeah. How were you able to kind of get yourself out of that hole and into your new career? Uh, I mean, one piece is I'm a family man. I've had a son since I was in college, so I didn't have the luxury of being able to hang out at mom and dad's house for a while. <laughs> uh, so when I got done, it was difficult because I had to figure out, like, who is Anthony without football? Like anybody, like who am I without this job? Who am I without this relationship or without my health? And whenever we lose a piece that becomes us, it's hard to transition into the next part of our life. Uh, for me, it was just by by sheer force and having to survive. Um, but the realistic part was for me, it honestly came from from figuring out what it is I was really supposed to be doing with my life based on what I'd experienced in my life. And, and for us that don't know, I mean, you were in foster care, I mean, from what I understand, at the, at the age of three. You know, for, yeah, for, for, was, for quite a while till till 14. And, you know, it was yeah. not an easy road for you just to start playing football, uh, let alone to get to the NFL. But I would imagine going through all that, that those unfortunate experiences and be able to get to the highest level of professional sports it probably helped you later in life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of those things where they say uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I, I, mean, I started my life out being uncomfortable. I was given away at three. I was adopted by an all-white family. I was you know, I, I had a, a son at a young age, I, you know, college, I had my career that was the NFL, then lost that to injury. I almost went bankrupt a couple times in the business. I lost my marriage three years later, got it back together. So when it comes to like just navigating weird parts of life and having that discomfort that comes with it, I've navigated like all of it. <laughs> uh, and I think the biggest thing is, is I'm still here. God willing, I'm still here. Uh, it's been a fun journey. I'm always every day learning, but I think it's, it's kind of life gives you situations that suck, but they're actually opportunities in my book. Um, to figure out what you're made of and what you can do and then go and do stuff you never thought you could to live a, a super fun and amazing life. That's what I look at. Yeah, and when you did get out of the NFL and we did transition to entrepreneurship and, and life coaching and, and helping people, 
I mean, there's not necessarily like a manual for how to be an entrepreneur. I mean, everybody's None. journey is different. What help did you have along the way as far as anybody steering you in the right direction? Because what I understand, even to this day in the NFL, there's still not a real like roadmap of, hey, if you happen to lose your career in a couple of years, here's what you do. Yeah, no, there's none. And that's the hard part is a lot of the guys that leave the NFL or any situation, when you leave and you've been directed a certain way for so many years and now you're in the captain's chair, there's no way to figure out how to navigate it. Like you just have to literally learn by failing. Uh, and I think for football, like you, you kind of leave that realm. And one hard part about that is we leave with big egos. So we enter this world where we've typically, you know, been, well, everybody wants our autograph and, you know, everybody wants to be around us. And so we come home and think, well, I'm still special. But the reality is, is you're only special because of that thing you don't have anymore. So you got to kind of hunker down a little bit, bring your ego back to, to earth, I'll call it, and figure out how to get to the next step. And a lot of it is, is being able to humbly ask for help in an area that you don't know anything about. And realizing asking for help doesn't mean you are less than, but you're you're better for seeking out something to make yourself better. So, so when you decided to ask for help, I mean, who 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 was the first person or first couple of people you turned to? Uh, after sports? Yeah, after sports. Uh, honestly, I, I went with, with a guy. I had no idea who he was. I, I started my business and it was failing, and I had no idea what I was doing because my ego was like, "Well, I'm a you know former NFL athlete. I got a degree in this stuff. Everybody's gonna train with me." And then I had no business sense. And so I, I actually literally got to a point where I had two weeks um, where I was I was served with, with eviction papers from my landlord. I had three years left to pay or left to pay on the lease. They gave me a two week window to come up with it or they were going to evict me and I was going to have to go bankrupt. And uh, I, the first thing I did was obviously talk to my wife and she was pissed and it wasn't <laughs> a good situation. Um, but then I, I really actually went and I hired somebody with the last money I had. And, and they helped me figure out how to get out of that hole and, and get a grasp uh, of what it meant to be an entrepreneur, what it meant to run a business, which really isn't just being great at something, but it's getting being great at getting someone to experience what you do. And what would you say as a guy who failed and is now a success in business, what's like the biggest do and what's the biggest don't when it comes to business? Uh, the biggest do is, is know your numbers. That's one thing that I heard early on, but for a lot of years, I, I never knew what it meant. But a lot of people in the space of any business, there's like there's segments of what creates a business. But people just jump in and start doing stuff and they have no idea if what they're doing works because they never have any way of tracking it. So find somebody who can help you track the numbers at every stage so you know what you should be doing. Um, what you should not do is uh, is dive like head first into something and quit your job. A lot of people say, well, if I want to get this thing going, I got to give it 100 percent of my time and I'm going to quit my job. and I'll just figure it out. And that never works in my experience. And so what I recommend people do is use your job as your investor for your business. Take the time to keep your job, pay your bills, stack some money if you need to to save. And then in your after hours, like if I get off work at five o'clock, go home and then start your second job at like 6.15 after you get like a shower. But you have to think of it as a separate career you're developing in the time that you have that's free. Don't go home and binge watch um, Game of Thrones and, and, and sit in front of Netflix and do that. When did you realize like, okay, I'm not just real good at speaking to people, but I'm somebody that can actually make this a career and make this my livelihood. Uh, that I mean, well, I was always a talker. I was a guy that never shut up in class, which is kind of like <laughs> my, my gift and a curse. And so I knew at a young age I could talk, but make a business out of it. That was never an idea uh, until about like 2014, I want to say. It was, I'd been speaking in the fitness industry, but always on like, you know, speed and agility and fitness type stuff. And then it came a point in time where uh, somebody asked me about my personal life, like how I how I get to this level, and I kind of you know told them what it was, and then they asked, "Hey, do you mind talking about that instead?" And so I kind of went out and started talking about it, and I have a weird knack of being able to—it's uh, called extemporaneously speaking. 
I can just talk uh, and, and craft ideas as they come out of my head oddly. And I found that that was something that I, I was able to do, not just because of, you know, what I'd done or my accolades, but over my years of life, just learning, experiencing, understanding how to share it and simplify concepts. And then from a speaker standpoint, I just like to, to make sure that whatever I give people, the words make sense. So I flow, I talk, and I have teaching in the background as well. So I'm not just a guy that talks a whole lot, but I actually try to give people something they can walk away and say, that's my step one. What What's the biggest similarities you think between being a professional athlete and being an entrepreneur? Are there, is there any crossover as far as like investing in oh, yourself yeah. or anything like that? Oh, it's a, yeah. I, to be honest, this is going to be a number. It's so good and bad, but in 20, since 2014, I think I've invested over a half a million into my education now. Wow. It's just consistent. Uh, and in football, it's different. Like you're not always investing money, but you're investing so much of your time. And the carryover is, is it's something that I, I wish I could talk to guys or come out of, the, of any sport, not even just guys, women too. But the big thing is we were taught as, uh, as athletes to really dig in and push hard physically. We we're taught to really grind and put that physical effort in, you know, perseverance, uh, stick-to-itiveness, like deal with the, the hardships, the injuries, and just push. And that intangible, it can apply mentally, but so many athletes come out of sports and don't comprehend how to apply that physical perseverance to a mental perseverance and stability and strength. And those who do can carry over amazingly. So like when I hit roadblocks in my, my business, it's not, I can't run and tackle the problem. Like you can't, <laughs> I have to mentally tackle it. And that takes just as much energy that as it would physically, but understanding how to use that and how to carry over from football to my personal, like my businesses now, knowing that how to do that's been so, um, I think paramount for me climbing the ranks, so to speak in the industry. All right, so silly question. Why the hell doesn't the NFL Alumni Association have you employed right now? I don't even know, man. I, I you know I'm, I'm a guy that floats around, to be honest. I, Whenever I left the NFL, I left kind of like, you know, I was hurt. And then the team I was with, uh, there's some things they did that I'm not a big fan of. And so I just kind of you pulled away from the game. I didn't even watch the game for probably three years after I was uh, I was injured and left. And so to be honest, I, I don't know. I have not reached out to them. It'd be pretty cool. Man. I'd love to go back and get some insight. Yeah, I feel like you'd be a, a great help to to a lot of the, the guys there, you know, past and present, especially with money management and just, you know, every, everything else. Now, you, you did happen to be on a little show called American Ninja Warrior as well, yeah. which kind of really got you back in the spotlight, per se, and, and you know, maybe bit. your biggest spotlight because, you know, that's, you're focusing more on, on, the, on the people and the characters and their stories as opposed to the NFL yeah. where you're just kind of wearing a helmet. How'd you get involved with American Ninja Warrior? My wife signed me up, man, without even telling me. Actually, she's a I, keeper. We, she, yeah, right. She took uh, she took the liberty to sign me up, and then realized that like she was literally going to sign me up without me knowing. And if I got a call, it was going to be a surprise. But she got like ninety percent through it and realized I had to fill it, like do a video and film it. So she's like, "Hey, you got to do this video." She had to let me into the news. So I filmed, did the video, filmed it, sent it over, and then forgot about it for like three months. And then randomly got a call like, "Hey, this is so and so from American Ninja Warriors. Want to let you know you're on." Season nine, like, oh, <laughs> all right. Cool. And so that's how it worked out, man. And so we just got done uh, filming season 11, actually. Uh, so it was my third season and season 11 for the show. That's great. And how would you compare it physically to football? Obviously, you're not you know, tackling anybody. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, but I imagine there's still a whole lot of endurance and uh, mental fortitude. Yeah, way different. I mean, the thing is, is it's you get one shot, you're done. Most people think we get to go practice that stuff. You show up, they put you in a pen. They walk you through it one time. You watch someone do it, and they say, all right, your turn. And if you fall, you're done. Like, that's it. You get one shot, and then you go home. 
So it, the I guess the, the immediacy of having to figure out how to figure it on the fly is unique. Football, you get multiple plays. Like, I'll go out there and make it 60, 70 plays a game. And Ninja, you get one. And it's way different, whereas football's the you know, big lower body. This is all upper body. And in fact, for me, it doesn't help that I still have a big lower body from playing football. Uh, but uh, oddly, I have really good grip strength and body control. So I, I end up doing really well on the show, even though I'm probably a good 60, if not, you know, some of the 100 pounds heavier than the other competitors. Now, now you play defense. You, you, you were a linebacker. The defense is very different now in the NFL. Uh, yeah. I, know you, I know you probably didn't get to play as long as you wanted back in the day, but are you thankful that you got to play in that area of the NFL than in this era where, well, let's face it, it's a pretty offense-heavy league? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always going to be. I mean, well, it's, it's, it is now because that's what sells tickets. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I was I was kind of there at the cusp, but everybody was getting, you know, it was all fast and spread out and speed. And so I was kind of one of the guys at the time, it was what they would call an undersized linebacker, whereas nowadays I'd probably be an average-sized linebacker. Uh, so, I mean, I, I prefer, I mean, the the time that I played, I preferred it because it was kind of thing where the, the, the offenses weren't as proficient at it. Whereas now, yeah, it might be scary if I just stepped in the field right after to figure it out. And for those that don't know, you also play at the University of Oregon, which is a yep. hell of a, still to this day, you know, one one hell of a football program. Are you involved in anything football related these days? Um, I coach my son's flag football team. It's about the extent of my football involvement, to be honest. Cool. So, so you've had your fill overall. I've had, you know, I've had my fill. My kids, one does track, one swims, one does soccer and football. And if he does football, great. If he does soccer, great. Uh, legitimately, like, I, I don't have any vested interest in the game at the moment. Uh, my folks has truly been on other people, other humans, and helping them in their lives. So football, if that was, you know, someone came as a football player said, I need help, I could definitely help them. But it wouldn't be some out of my way where I'm going to go and work with football players specifically. You don't have to necessarily get into specifics as far as, like, name or anything like that. But is there a story that sticks out to you uh, of a person that you worked with and, and you saw their growth from, from start to finish, one that you know at, at one point in time was at the lowest of the low and is now doing well for themselves? Uh, and just like, what, football or in, in life? In, in life. like what, since, since after football, yeah. since you've been working life coaching, is there one story yeah. you can kind of point out to for people that may say, okay, I don't know if I need a life coach or anything like that? Just, just to kind of give them an example of what you do yeah. and the impact of coaching. Of course. I mean, so what I do isn't life coaching per se. I work on more of the uh, think about it like programming. Like, a, like if you look at an assembly line computer, there's a program that runs that computer to do a specific thing. And the output is a, a perfect you know, piece of material. For us as humans, we're kind of like those robots, same template, different programming. And so if your programming is, is kicked up or upgraded, you can kick out and do so much, have such great output and create a whole different life. But most people run off of, uh, we'll just call it haphazard programming it was kind of just like they let it happen and it wasn't really guided unintentional so what i do is i help people program one guy that uh stands out was a great human being is melvin mcdowell uh and what he does he's a therapist when i first kind of happened across him he was probably i want to say like over 300 pounds uh he was kind of like a state job he didn't like so much and he actually went to usc and got his uh his certification as a therapist but he was working out of like his his church's side room and so I started work with him. And after I want to say maybe about six months, he kind of was able to blossom out. He went back right after we first worked together, got 27 clients in one day. At this point, he has now left the church. He has his he's actually just opening his third practice. He's lost. I want to say about 120 pounds. Wow. Uh, he's actually retired his wife. So his wife now works with him. He has staff almost 60 uh, like he's he's in the, uh, the sought after therapist in his area. So he's one of those guys that he had the, the template, he had what he needed. But the programming wasn't in place. And so I step in and help with the programming, we'll call it, 
to really help you comprehend what you need to do to get your beliefs, your thoughts, and your actions in line to build the life you want. That's that's amazing. That's amazing, man. That's that's just that, that, that's wonderful. Glad to hear he's doing well and obviously, Me too. obviously obviously in much better shape. All right, we got we got a few quick uh, questions. You ready? Yeah. Who's the best athlete you ever played against? Adrian Peterson. That that, that great great answer. What was your favorite team <laughs> to play on? Uh, college or sport or football or NFL or all of them combined? All of them combined. What's what your what's Oregon? Your, Oregon. All for sure, Oregon. Okay, NFL NFL then. NFL Pittsburgh Steelers. They're more of a, a home, like real, real guys, like a, a good family team. I, not to say the other teams weren't great, but it wasn't in comparison to how the, the Rooney's had that team running and how Coach Tomlin was a phenomenal coach. Did you participate in the NFL Combine back then? I did, 2006. Okay. Uh, did you get any of the wacky, weird questions that we always hear about these kids getting these days? No, I think I had one interview. It was, I mean, it was... It was one of those like random questions like, hey, do you think you can keep this weight? That was the extent of my weird questions. The rest were just normal. But they, yeah, they didn't pull me into a room or anything and ask you, like, if you had two toenails, which one do you cut first? <laughs> yeah, those, those, those questions are, uh, are a little weird. Uh, most awkward moment as a football player and as a businessman? Oh, man. Awkward mo- well, the awkward moment for, for business was when someone served me with, uh, with papers uh, you know, to be evicted. That one was awkward, but I guess that's more of a, a sad, <laughs> not so much yeah. awkward. Yeah. Um, I say awkward is a lot of the, the messages I get from uh, non-heterosexual men. Those are some of the most awkward. I don't know how to respond to them all the time, but yeah, I get messages that are, yeah, they're, they're unsavory and they're, they're comedy at the same time. <laughs> uh, football, the most, see, the most awkward football moment, if I was to say just in the whole experience was uh, when I was playing with the Steelers, was a buddy of mine named uh, Scott Paxson. They called him T-Rex. He was real big. He had a soccer ball he would keep in his locker. And after practices or games, whatever it was, he would pull a soccer ball out and run around playing soccer naked. That's, yeah, that, 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 that's, quite, that's quite interesting. The, the next thing I was going to ask you is who was the funniest player you ever played with? And uh, that sounds like it's, it's that guy. Uh, he was one of them. One, the funniest player I ever played with was Ontario Smith. He was uh, a guy that came out of Oregon, played with the Vikings for a little bit. Wait, is he, is he, is he the Wizenator guy? He is the Wizenator <laughs> guy, man. He is hilarious, though. Like he was, he was hilarious when I was in college. Yeah, he he could ball back in the day. You know, to make the yeah, mistake about it before that whole thing. He was he was a, he was a hell of a player. Yes, he was. All right, what what is the day in the life like of Anthony Trucks? Like from from morning to when you go to bed. Yeah, five thirty a.m. I get up. Uh, I do some work from like five thirty to six thirty. I take my son to the carpool for his school he goes to. I come back. Um, I usually hop on and do like emails and send computer stuff like you know whoever has to go to. My twins go to school at about eight. From eight to like two, it's I mean it's a plethora of just phone calls and meetings and podcasts and coaching clients and nonstop until my kids get out of school at about three at three o'clock. I'm I'm with the kids and the family and we're either playing games in the backyard or I'm coaching sports or having dinner and I'm making dinner. It's just uh, after three, I'm a regular everyday guy. So how, how do you time block? Because when, when you, when you first become an entrepreneur or something that's very successful in, in their own business, I mean, man, like it's, I'm sure it's, it's hard to juggle. Like how do you, how do you discipline yourself? And say, okay, other than obviously picking up the kids or dropping off the kids to school, like, okay, this is the time for family. This is the time for my wife. Yeah. This is the time for me. Like how, how do you time block all that and, and make, so you're not going crazy. Uh, well, that's I have a really specific process. I, I don't have enough time, I think, to go into it in depth. But the biggest way to look at it is I choose what projects have to be worked on. I deconstruct them into the amount of hours or steps they have to be. And then I create a schedule that lets me put things that matter in first. So 
family time, eating, working out, that's all in. And then the extra spaces I have, I take those different project steps and I infuse them into my schedule. That allows me to work on stuff without having to be, you know, I guess, um, distracted by other projects. I can hyper-focus on one, get it done, and then not to stress off when the rest of the things are going to be completed. So when I'm with my family, I can be with my family. When I'm at work, I'm at work and nothing like I don't have project A seeping into project B, C, or D. It's true focus, productivity, get it done, move on with my day. Now that's a sign of a man who definitely has his ish together. So I'll get you out here on this. What's the best piece of advice you give anybody for success, football, entrepreneurship, or otherwise? Get help. Find somebody that's been down the path you're heading down and you get some help. Because if not, you're going to sit there and spin your wheels. Most people think that trial and error will get like the work done, but it never works if you're trying the wrong stuff because you just don't know. So don't don't reinvent the wheel. Don't rely on trial and error. Get someone who can tell you what to do and then go that route. Fantastic. Well, Anthony, I really do appreciate the time. You can find him online yeah. on Twitter at Anthony Trucks. AnthonyTrucks.com? Yeah, AnthonyTrucks.com, man. So but pretty much everything Anthony Trucks. Just Google Anthony yeah. Trucks. Search him. You'll be able to find him. Anthony, really appreciate the time. Very no inspirational problem. story. Some great advice, too. I think everybody listening to this will get some value out of So thanks so much.